Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast, your weekly dose of all that's important in the hotel and investment space from us at Hotel Analyst. Uh, I have with me Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, and I am Chris Bowne, the editor of Hotel Analyst. And the first of the topics we are picking up on this week is the uh, the rise and rise of home rentals. Um, now, through the last year, uh, understandably, when we were all worried about uh, touching other people's um, hands, bugs, and whatever, there was a stronger, much much stronger than than previous demand for private rentals, uh, where you've got your own front door and you're not having to mingle with anybody else on the way in or out, um, and that led to, to a very strong summer for vacation rentals. Uh, it played into the hands of Airbnb, particularly. Um, and other platforms that were strong on home rentals and uh, we've just heard recently the quarterly results from Expedia and Booking and they've given us a fair bit of colour on where they're looking um, to win and carry on winning with home rentals which until not too long ago they saw as a distinctly second rate market compared to selling hotel rooms. Um, in particular Expedia doing very well with their their Verbo brand that Andrew, of course, you love, don't you? <coughs> I do, I do. Yeah, yes. that, that VRBO, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and not to be left behind, because Marriott got into the game uh, not that long back with uh, a portfolio of homes and villas um, that it's brought to the market. Um, they've recently just opened up their API to a whole load more marketing and distribution platforms, obviously keen to get some uh, more sales into that portfolio. And on the flip side, I think they're also looking to pull in some in extra inventory for certain parts of the world from uh, those other providers. And uh, the latest entrant into this niche is uh, the French group Relais and Chateau, which normally concentrates on high-end hotels and uh, smart restaurants. Uh, they've actually put together uh, quietly an, uh, a portfolio of a very posh villas, which they've launched um, and, uh, to their existing audience. So everyone wants to get into this game, it seems. Uh, the question I think for many is w the, the this accelerated demand, which has already kind of played through into higher prices relative to hotel rooms. How is this going to continue? Is it going to kind of level off at a new uh, new level within the marketplace, or will the interest keep on growing? I think this all comes down to when you're home away. Great name for a brand, that Christy. <laughs> no, it'll never um, work. <laughs> no, <laughs> indeed it didn't. Um, but when you are home away, it's where you're going to want to stay. So um, the story being pushed at the moment is that we're all going to want to be in self-contained accommodation and that hotels are doomed. Um, and I don't think that's the case. Um, I, I think there's uh, two things wrong with that. I think, firstly, hotels have been shut in most parts of Europe for for much of the year and that has somewhat hampered their ability to to, <laughs> so be, be, to be an option really yeah. on this front and um, whereas um a vacation rentals or whatever you want to call them private rentals whatever um th th they've been able to stay open they've said we're actually residential we can therefore we're we're homes um therefore we we can stay open um so obviously there's been a huge advantage there uh the 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 other issue um which i, I think is slightly more nuanced is that, that that there's sort of an overlap now a growing overlap between you know what a uh, a vacation rental is and what a hotel is and i think 
there's lots of things in the gray space in between the two um, which are new concepts coming in and it's much more like a continuum which is uh, where you've you've got a much more hotel like product where you know you, you come down as shared communal areas blah 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 um, um, to the self-contained accommodation you've got things in between that in terms of different stages of uh, shared facilities um, so I, I think that more nuanced thing makes it very hard to say one is winning against the other um, uh, in addition to the fact that we've had a situation where hotels haven't been able to trade properly uh, as we get back to something like normality um, that I think is going to fade quite rapidly uh, and I took a look at this um, now there's a big I mean this it's decades old standoff between hotels and online travel agents and this is all part of this coming forward I think for the first time in 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 this conflict between OTAs and hotel brand companies we're, we're at a point where maybe just maybe the boot is actually on the foot of the hotel brand companies um, mm. you know it, we'll wait and see how this plays out but there's a lot of things right now which look to favor the hotel brand companies in terms of um, you know it, it, they are much better in terms of their tech offer um, they are now able to, and they're holding firm in terms of booking direct that the, the OTAs haven't been growing their share um, over the last few years and as we come out of this uh, uh, um, enforced supply constraint um, and as we open up again um, I, I think it could be the case that actually hotels continue to hold the hold the line against the uh, um, the OTAs um, and but really I'm really just talking about the big brands here um, in the case of the independents unfortunately for them I think um, it's over um, they have lost in the battle against the OTAs and they are essentially toast um, as far as that goes and that they are completely now in in the grip of the, of, of the OTAs it's um, but for the big brand companies no not so much and I think there's uh, um, it's going to be you know an interesting period ahead of us um, just looking at where the conflict is going to be going forward I think we're going to see more and more the OTAs treading on to the territory of the hotel brand companies um, and they're gonna and we've already talked about this um, with the launch of bookings hotel in the US mm -hmm. um, and and you know that it really isn't a, a play for the you know um, that, that'd be ludicrous to suggest that 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 in itself is a play for the hotel brand company space but what it is i think it is a, it's another step of the otas really trying to get into the same sort of services that hotel brand companies provide and gearing themselves up to that and there's going to be much more direct um, competition than we have seen and it's going to get i think from an ota perspective it hotels are are the place that matters um bernstein um analysts they they looked at where the potential ota commission pools are this is quite an old note back in november but hotels are far and away the biggest pool for otas to play in to swim in 
mm-hmm. to paddle in. One of the correct phrases. Um, I mean, but they're, they're, I mean the, the numbers they gave out were 92 billion um, US dollars in terms of the potential OTA commissions available. The next biggest were airlines at 56 billion. Um, if you go to vacation rentals, that's just 27 billion. Mm. It's a much smaller, less significant thing. And I think what we're going to see, we're going to see Airbnb moving much further and faster into um, the hotel space. We're going to see the OTAs really focusing, doubling down on trying to to rev up um, where they are um, with regard to to hotels. The Bernstein are big bears on booking. I actually share their perspective on that. I think booking in particular is going to to, to get a hammering. I think Expedia, um, in terms of where it's positioning itself, much more as a kind of a supplier to the sector, as 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 you know, as as a partner with the sector. Um, booking is still doubling down on its OTA piece, and I think. If you look at Bernstein are saying, look, the, the days of double-digit revenue growth for booking are over. It's forecasting that it's now in single-digit revenue growth. Um, I think it's going to be very tough for booking to sustain its current sort of top-of-the-charts position mm. um, in that sort of environment. So something's got to give here. Um, either the the OTAs are going to come up with something that's going to sort of wipe out yet again the 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 big brand uh big hotel brand fight back um or it is in fact the otas that are going to finally lose out and in particular booking and um along with that i suspect um airbnb mm. and uh, you mentioned uh part way through there about returning to normal well the next thing we're going to look at is the uh, quarterly results and comments from uh, intercontinental hilton and wyndham uh, where their chief executives are pretty strongly sure that uh, things are going to return Never mind the new normal, they're going back to the old normal before very long. And they're encouraged by the fact that the uh, US hotel market is seeing bookings uh, pick up month on month. The fact that China is doing very, very well. Uh, and also, uh, particularly at uh, at Hilton, they're seeing quite strong forward bookings for their kind of meetings, events and corporate business. And so they're now pretty convinced that not only is that going to be coming back, but actually they're even confidently putting prices up for 2022 and three. So um, it very much uh, a reflection that they think is that uh, things are going to go back to normal. And uh, uh, Paul Edgecliffe Johnson, the uh, financial director at IHG, uh, was very much of the view that um, even, if it, you know, even if things don't quite go back to 100% as they were, in terms of business, then he feels confident that they can make up the little bit of shortfall with uh, picking off some other business from other areas. So, um, uh, a confident co- predictions that things will be back to normal, profits will be back to where they are before very long, as business returns to levels that uh, that were seen back in 2018-19. Joe Biden calls it a return to normalcy, doesn't he? Um, I quite like that normalcy. That's the the new phrase. Um, and this is where, yeah, I yeah, absolutely we completely agree. Um, it's our standing position at Hotel Analyst that business travel is not going to be as devastated as 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 the big bears seem to suggest it will be. Um, it, it's not going to come back, snap back as quickly as leisure 
will over the summer but I, I suspect that by the autumn we'll be seeing some very good signs um, uh, uh, within business travel um, the thing I looked at um, on your on your piece um, of the, the sort of Q1s mm -hmm. um, financial reports Chris um, looked at the two big uh, European global majors Accor and IHG now both have their share of problems uh ihg seem to have a big problem with nug the <laughs> net unit growth which was actually um, negative uh, this last quarter well bizarre yeah. i i can't quite understand what's going on there and um you know I, I think any portfolio needs to be pruned but in ihg's case it never seems to put down the second <laughs> yeah, well, just con it's just constantly at it slip, slip, as, slip. I, as i commented um, they I mean, seem to be forever pruning their crown plazas and holiday inns yeah in a running sore yes no as you called yeah. it yeah no no absolutely agree chris and i mean if you, if you think back uh, you know, this great holiday in reset we had was back in 2007 <laughs> you know the, 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 there's a couple of decades old now this process what you know how long does it go on for <laughs> i mean they've got to you know they've got to reach a point where they get into much stronger positive territory and i think this is a significant setback um that they haven't done that now i i think fundamentally they will get there um but and but th there isn't any clear indication of why their nug is so much worse than their competitors mm. um the other issue is, is accor which just seems to be being left behind in the party the recovery party everybody's share price seems to be coming back strongly i mean ihg i mean their share price is is jim dandy now um but accord does seem to be, be trailing um its peers and uh, uh morgan stanley had some interesting thoughts on this i think in their their note on the accord numbers and uh, um they, they pointed out that Accor has a weaker track record both pre and post COVID and uh, it, that that's very true um, but like uh, there are um, options within Accor it has a better global footprint and it has the broadest range of um, brands in its stable and it, you know quite interesting brands at 25% are in the lifestyle segment it's got um it's going into with joe and joe into the hostel space it's quite it, it's sort of covering all bases i think it's got a lot of things which look very promising if it can actually deliver on that the key thing is that it's got to sort out its uh um uh, its portfolio uh, mm. we just talked about this but but in terms of its ownership mix of that it's it's got too much it owns too much still leases too much still um and arguably it's it's level of management contracts are too high although yeah, i think it can make a good case as to why management contracts make sense but i think in in terms of its um, economy and mid-scale offer i think that needs to switch more into franchising um as it comes out it needs to shift all of that um that that stuff out um and do something around that i think i think it's going to be quite tough for it um and unless it starts to make you know quite rapid progress on that um why ceo sebastian bazan hasn't done that i don't know he has tended to get caught up with various flights of fancy <laughs> um we, we've seen that with the digital stuff um which you know i'm not entirely critical of that because you know Apple needs to have had a go at that stuff but i think it it did too much um without and had too little focus and then they had complete bonkersness like as you know the discussion about whether it was going to take a stake in air france klm <laughs> i mean it's just insane um you know that sort of stuff unsettles shareholders and you know they're they're concerned 
concerned with that if we can see a you know a, a return to normalcy um, in terms of the approach of the management um, I think it it, it, it it has good um uh, options ahead of it as does IHG now investors are already fairly well um, um, accepting of, of IHG's promise um, IHG's issue now is delivering on it um, Accor has to deliver on stuff and persuade its shareholders that it's capable on delivering um, on, on the on, on the challenges ahead uh, overall I think both companies are in a pretty pretty good place um, but not as good as Marriott and Hilton now before we get to the sunny uplands promised by the brands uh, there is one small matter to deal with before we get there and that's that, that's taxing the minds of uh, landlords and uh, operators and that's uh, the rent debt uh, we've focused in this week and had a good look at what's going on in the UK in particular but this is going to be a problem in many other markets most other markets as well um, so in the UK there's been a uh, government edict that you can't uh, evict a tenant for having failed to pay their rent however that uh, is, it was a temporary edict it expires was going to it's going to be expiring at the end of june and so the question mark then is what happens after that and various uh, bodies within the industry have been looking to put forward solutions to avoid a situation where we end up having landlords and tenants falling out uh, falling out legally between one another because the tenant can't afford to pay all the overdue rent and the landlord is not prepared to negotiate and uh, allow them some forbearance of in some form or another so they can trade their way out of a situation where on sim simply on paper they just owe a lot of money and probably much more than they can afford to pay Mm, mm. Well, I think there's the makings of a deal here. Um, the British Property Federation um, put out a paper um, saying, look, we want um, um, to have a reset and everybody starts paying their rent from the end of June for, for Q3. Um, and we'll look at uh, the rent that's currently owed still and we're prepared to, to write 50% of it off. UK Hospitality, um, on behalf of the hospitality tenants is suggesting well look we'll we'll pay 50 percent mm. of the rent um so it seems to me there's a makings of an excellent <laughs> deal here given that both sides are starting from exactly the same place as they go into the negotiations mm. um so of course there's, a, there's all the details to be ironed out but uh, I mean, my slight fear is that we'll see the heavy foot of government stomp around here and muck um, things up it's not necessary <laughs> yeah quite because um, I, th I think you know th there's good sense can prevail because I mean you know both sides have a bit of a stick really so um, you know, landlords obviously have the stick of eviction which they will have again uh, from the end of June and um, occupiers have the stick of well we'll just go into a company voluntary arrangement or some other sort of financial restructuring and uh, landlords going to wave goodbye to the to the rent so that's owed so i i, I think it's it makes sense for both sides to sit down and come to a sensible conclusion here um i think the key role of government i mean it needs to stop you know the one of the th most worrying aspects i think of this whole covid situation has been the way government has you know become all encompassing and imposing itself on every 
you know in every bit of our lives it's you know it, it is rather like the, the Chinese Communist Party has suddenly come <laughs> over and, and decided to, this is the way forward um, um, and you know l- let's let's resign from the, the Communist Party and and actually go back to capitalism and have government as capitalism's referee rather than one of the players or the team <laughs> managers which is how the uh, Communist Party likes to do it um, <clears throat> well in fact they just own the whole league don't they but anyway um in a football so we need yes we, we need to um you know go back to normalcy in terms of uh, capitalism and how it's run um and get some sense um with that and i think you know government can say look we're blowing the whistle here's the restart um and get back to having that you know this is the this is the way forward and the key thing for government to do is to say look we know it's been an exceptionally traumatic period uh for everybody for the last what's it five quarters um um it'll be um by the time we come to to an end of this um and but from here on in it's going to be back to how it was um and we're going to give you you know a promise that this is what it's going to be we're going to get rid of all of our nonsense well you know we take a few on whether how nonsense they were but <laughs> uh, um in terms of the the the, 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 the difficult to, to trade with um restrictions that you know in terms of social distancing masks um um the requirement to have tests all of that kind of stuff if we can just you know shed all of that um by well hopefully june the 21st in the case of england and across the uk and across europe certainly as we get into q3 um if we can get rid of all of that stuff we can actually you know enable landlords and tenants to sit down with a clear view of what's ahead and they'll be able to negotiate in good faith between themselves and sort this out the job of government is to get back to doing what it used to do which is to be the referee absolutely right now we're going to give our five star and no star awards out and this week our five stars go to uh choice hotels uh the reason being they've reinstated their dividend for shareholders um it's a return to normalcy for them because they've started making profits again and uh of paying dividend shareholders but also they're probably going to be planning to do some share repurchases as well so good news leader of the pack yeah indeed and, and it, it is further proof of the resilience of that asset like model i'd suggest so um good for them that they've, they've got into that situation and no stars go to the scottish government unfortunately because uh, a new survey from uh, the scottish tourism alliance has realized uh, the fears that they were hearing anecdotally which is that uh, a lot of hotels in Scotland have got quite anemic levels of bookings into the early summer uh, because there's so much uncertainty about quite how Scotland will be coming out of the pandemic lockdowns and restrictions um, they've so far failed to say they're going to be doing the same as things happening in England and as a result guess what uh, people don't like uncertainty, so they're not booking their summer breaks in Scottish hotels. Yeah, and that this again is the need for governments to say, look, we're going to blow the whistle <clears throat> and it's back to normal. And you know, for all of the criticism about the English reopening being long-winded and oh, you know, just taking far too long before we get to that point on the 21st of June, at least there are set. Um, deadlines within that which people can work to and I think the other 
um, nations within the UK ought to try doing that and indeed other countries around Europe need to take that same approach of giving set um, dates for when things are going to start reopening again sensible realistic dates when things can properly re reopen um, we're still waiting of course for England to guarantee that <clears throat> it's going to be a proper reopening um, we need to get that we need to end the precautionary principle we need to end the, the idea of government walking in front of the hospitality industry with a red flag you know let us become mr toads again and start roaring down and the on highways. that happy note let's go and plan where we shall roar this summer goodbye for now <laughs>